So if you missed that, it should be on the website. The, the message should be on the website. The seminar's not, but the Sunday message uh, should be there. Uh, go back, take a peek at that. Um, you know, we just want to continue to do relationships well and continue to grow in our relationships with one another. And one of those things is dealing with conflict and disagreement and what do we do with that. And so I really appreciate them coming up and uh, helping us you know, to walk through some some biblical ways to handle conflict. And they also offered, they, what a great couple they were. They offered that if there are people here that feel like they're in conflict or they, they have some, some stuff to resolve with one another, they're, they're a resource that's available. They'll travel up here and, and meet with people or whatever um, and to talk and, and to work through relationships. So what a great resource we have available for us. We, um, we thank them very much for that. Um, Another thing going on this month is it's actually National Orphan Month. Anybody realize that? National Orphan, Orphan Month, where we think about the, the orphans who are around the world. There's, you know, there are millions of children you know, living outside their family or don't have family, and we think about them. We're sponsoring a child from a young lady from Guatemala as a church and helping uh, to sponsor her. And if you want to have more information about that, you can talk to the missions team, and we'll and we'll keep, keep updates on that. We'd love to sponsor more as a, a fellowship. We'd love to sponsor more and help more children. Um, and then that's also why we participate in like foster care and adoption stuff here with our state because there are just so many children who are lost without families and they need loving homes. And so this, this month, uh, November, is National Orphan Month. So as you're thinking about in your prayers and as you're reading through scripture and doing your devotions, you know, think about those, those kids who are, are lost and don't have families and, and lift them up in prayers as well. All right, so we did Peacemakers last week. We're back into the parables this week, stories of Jesus. Uh, we won't review everything that we've gone through the last couple weeks because it's been a lot of content, but we've looked at God and who he is. We've looked at who we are. We've looked at what it means to ask from our Father, God our Father. We've, we've talked about possessions. And uh, now we're going to talk um, really specifically about the kingdom of heaven and how it functions today. The kingdom of heaven and how it functions today. The verse is up on the screen, Matthew 13, 33, just a little, a single little verse today. We're going to go through just a, a little, little verse today, but one that has just a lot of power in it. If we actually study it, if we actually dig deep into it and, and live this out, believe some of the things that it's going to tell us. This is very, very powerful. So if you've got a, uh, your Bible, you can turn there. Um, the Bible's in your seats, of course. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's fine. You know, take, a, take a Bible from the seat. If you'd like to take it home, go ahead and take it home, too. Um, you know, we always, we're, never, we're church, we're never running low on Bibles. So um, you can take that home if you need a, a Bible at your house, you know, look at your phones, whatever it is, however you follow the scriptures. You can go ahead and turn there. Um, what this is, is this little parable is right at the end of a string of parables that Jesus is telling the crowds and he's, he's telling to his disciples about the kingdom of heaven. And so there's some lengthier par parables right ahead of this. And, and a lot of them are very familiar. The parable of the sower, what it means to be sown in different seeds. Uh, parable of the wheat and the weeds and how the kingdom's propping up in this world, the kingdom of God, plus it's right beside the kingdom of this world and what God's going to do with that in the end time. 
uh, parable of the mustard seed, you know, how the kingdom is growing like uh, from the smallest seed into a very large tree, a very large bush, when then the garden and the, the, the birds of the sky actually can come and rest in his branches. So he's taking through this, this teaching of the kingdom of heaven. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. If we want to talk about the kingdom of heaven, what it means right at the, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, what did he do? We, we saw this right before the Sermon on the Mount. He said, the kingdom of God is near, meaning the kingdom of God is here. Jesus is walking, his, he's walking in the kingdom. Jesus being God here on earth, walking this earth, he is bringing kingdom with him. And we're going to talk through what, it, what that means because Jesus went away, but he left a job for us to do and he also equipped us with God, the Holy Spirit, and we're going to dive into that with this parable, what it means to actually live in the kingdom, how the kingdom functions here. So he throws in this one little verse at the end of the string of parables, and it's very, very powerful. It may seem insignificant, but it's very, very powerful if we dive into this thing. So what does he say? He says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman put in a jar, tucked away, up on a shelf, out of reach for safekeeping. No? No? Was, wait. What? What? The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman put in a jar, tucked away, up on a shelf, kept out of reach for safekeeping. That's not what you're reading in your scriptures? That's not what you're reading in your scriptures? Huh. Well, you probably, what, what Bible are you reading from, Pastor Nick? Is this a new, 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 revised, ultra-revised, worldly translation? Yeah. Yeah, if we dive into this passage, obviously, I'm playing a little trick on you. Obviously, so those of you who don't, haven't read the scripture before, I'm playing a little trick on you. A little trick, that's not what it says in the passage here. But sometimes, sometimes, oftentimes, and I walk through life, sometimes I find myself falling into this trap as well, that that is how I read or I view the kingdom of heaven. The woman who does put that leaven, that, that, that gift, in a jar and says, okay, I've, I've been brought in, I've been accepted into God's kingdom, put in a little jar, put on a shelf, tucked away, and someday God's going to do something with it. And I can't wait for that day. Please, Jesus, come. We, that's, you know, we, when we get into it, we pray that, that you know, please, Jesus, come, please, Jesus, come, and, and all that kind of stuff, which is true. I am so looking forward to the day when Jesus comes and restores and makes all things new. But sometimes, as we're thinking about the kingdom of heaven, we get focused on that being tucked away. I'm going to be tucked away. And someday, someday soon, God's going to come and get me. God's going to come and get me. And he's going to take me somewhere else. But Jesus has a different view of kingdom. Jesus has a different view of kingdom. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we sometimes think this way that, oh, kingdom of heaven is, is just that future stuff. It's just that future stuff. And we should just be tucked away, put on a shelf at the back. And someday God's going to just take us out and it's going to be so glorious. But that's the future. That's not now. God's got his plan for total restoration in the future. And that's what we're looking forward to. And sometimes we've, we've been, we think that way. I've heard it kind of preached that way a lot of times throughout my life by, by preachers or other people around me. 
Um, you know, if, you're, if you've been a believer for any length of time, you may have taken in that message as well, that this is, this is just the end goal, it's just the end goal, and I'm waiting it out till our time comes. If you haven't been in church for a long time, or you're questioning your faith, you're doubting, or if you have friends who are doubting, who are questioning their faith, sometimes that attitude is, is a turnoff to them, because they're asking the question, well, what about now? What does this mean now? Today is November 10th, 2019. How this kingdom stuff you're talking about, how does that impact me now? But sometimes we get so focused on those heavenly streets of gold that we overlook the streets we are walking on right here and right now. God has laid out a path for us right here, right now. And so as we dive deep into what Jesus is saying, He's talking about kingdom life that is so much more robust and I think really uh, exciting, something that we can grab onto and hold onto and take with us each and every day. Again, I'm not, I'm, you know, don't take me wrong. I'm so looking forward to you know, God coming in his glory and making all things new. But what about this, this kingdom life here and now? If we actually get into the passage, he says, Put that away, get into the passage here. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus introduced his ministry by saying, The kingdom of God is near. It's here. It's with me. It's the work I'm doing. It's the steps I'm taking. It's, it's all the stuff that I'm doing. And you guys get to be a part of this work. It's not just about, oh, we're, we get to go to heaven someday. It's a, it's a hearty hallelujah. I am walking in the kingdom right now. Now, we can, we can fall off the ledge on, on a couple of different ways. We can, we can fall off the ledge by saying, oh, it's, it's all the future stuff. It's all the future stuff, and I bide my time. I just sit, and, you know, woe is me, and, and God help us now. We can fall off the ledge really focusing on that. We can fall off the ledge on the other side that, that all this is, is all this is is kingdom. There's, there's nothing else in the future, and some people live this way, that it's all kingdom here. It's all about just now. It's actually both. It's actually both, but I find myself, if I'm not careful... I'm not, I don't see myself walking in the kingdom day by day and doing what the Lord would actually ask me to do. And I say, you know, Jesus is coming out and saying, it's a hearty hallelujah. Kingdom is now. Kingdom is now. He told them this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. Now, interesting. This is, this, Jesus talks about many things, and he, we've talked about he grabs from the culture, he grabs from the things he's seeing, and, and right now, he, I don't know, was he seeing someone baking? Was there a little shop in the corner? Was he speaking in someone's house? Someone was baking or something, and, and Jesus says, okay, we're, we're going to talk about bread. We're going to talk about bread. And actually, he talks about bread quite a, quite a bit here in the scriptures, but as a pastor, one of the things that we have to try to do is become experts in a lot of different topics, and you think, oh yeah, well, the, the theology and the Bible stuff, maybe some counseling stuff, you know, teaching, and you look at church budgets and leading and all that kind of stuff, but all we, as a pastor, I find myself this week studying about baking, studying about baking. I'm not a baker. I know there are some bakers here. I'm looking at Marsha. Marsha's a baker. I know there are other bakers who are, who are in this fellowship, and I've had your goodies, and they're really so good. And hey, they're so good. You know what we should do with them? We should pass them out into our communities. How about that? We should bake. We should get all the bakers together, bake, and do something like passing out the goodies into our community. In fact, we should probably do it right before Thanksgiving. How does that sound? Should we do that? All right, that's a plan. We're going to do that. We'll come together. We'll put some announcements together on that. Well, this week I found myself studying 
about baking just a little bit. And I got, I got in there just enough to say, oh, I can be a little bit of an expert on this, but oh, I'm not an expert on this. So you have to forgive me. And please, what's going to happen is I'm going to talk about some baking things here. And what's going to happen is there's going to be some bakers in our audience, and they're going to know that, oh, that was a little off, or you, you missed that just a little bit. That's not actually how that works. It's, please be gentle. <laughs> please be gentle. Please be gentle. Pull, pull from the scripture what the Lord is going to have us pull from the scripture today. Actually, one of our favorite shows on TV has, is this baking show that comes from Britain. Anybody watch this baking show from Britain? Oh, we love this thing. Is that on the streaming service now? My girls and I, my girls and I, together, we just finished the, the last season of it, and we just enjoy it so much. It's just one of those things where 12 people get together and, and do this bake-off, and, and they're, they're awarded the title, you know, Greatest British Baker. Anyway, it's really cool. So we've been, in, we've, been, we've been in this world of baking as a family. I mean, we, we, we love this stuff, and my girls love the baking shows, and, and we watch this one together. So as we dive into this passage, it's like, oh, God is talking about bread. God is talking about bread. And so I started diving into uh, what, what, you know, this, this whole thing about baking, about baking. Now, okay, before we, we get into the baking part, um, what we've done with the parables before is we, we pulled out the characters. Who are the characters in the story? Who are the characters in Jesus' story? This is one verse. So th- this will be hopefully pretty easy to pull out the character in the story. If you read this verse, you look at this verse, who is the character in the story? The woman. Now, it's a little bit of a trick question. There are actually three characters in this story. The woman. I'm going to say the woman is going to represent God. She's kneading things into another character. I'm calling it a character. Uh, Who are two other characters in this story? Like I heard leaven, the yeast, the leaven, and the flour, the dough. Yep. So those are the characters. And what I'm going to say is what Jesus is saying here is that the woman, I'm going to say she's representing God in this story, the flour uh, is, or if it says dough, the flour of the dough is going to represent the world here. And the leaven or the yeast, we'll use the term yeast here. Uh, the yeast is going to represent us. It's going to represent us. So here you have, here you have, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, like yeast. Us, us, when we say that, it's us. That a woman, we're going to say that's like God, that's God. That a woman took, God took, God took us. And mixed into 50 pounds of flour, the world, until all of it was leavened. Now, as I was thinking about baking, as I was looking at baking and doing a little research and reading some articles and all that kind of stuff, very fascinated about this thing called yeast. Especially if we're going to look at this passage and Jesus is going to say, you're the yeast. I want to know what yeast is all about. I want to know what yeast does. And what I should have done is I should have had someone come up here and who's an expert and actually tell us all the properties and the technical stuff about yeast, but I, I did not do that. So I'm going to attempt it myself. Please be gentle. Okay. So I'm not a baker, but I'm fascinated by this thing called yeast. I can't, I can't even make pancakes. I'm just, this is just honesty flowing out here. You know, I, I can't do anything. I'm just, I don't know where that came from, but here we are with the yeast. Here we are with yeast. Yeast is a single-cell fungus. Yay. Uh, it's related to edible mushrooms and certain types of mold, specifically the molds that like create cheeses and um, penicillin and stuff like that. And so yeast is a single-cell fungus. And anybody else not know this until this week? 
not know this? Okay, a couple, a couple brave souls saying they don't know anything about baking either. Okay, that's good. Um, yeast is a sugar-eating fungus. Yeast eats sugar. Takes the sugar when it's put in the dough. You can actually feed it sugar to get it going, all this kind of stuff. Yeast takes sugar, and when it takes in the sugar, it makes other ingredients, like carbon dioxide and a type of alcohol as it's mixed in with the dough. Uh, yeast is a leavening agent. It, what does it do? What's the purpose of yeast? What does it do with dough? It makes it rise. You've probably seen that, you know, if you watch baking shows or whatever, and they put this lump in a, a bowl, and they maybe covered or whatever, and they may be putting in a proofing oven or something like that, and boom, after time, it's, it's double in size. Double in size. So yeast is a, a rising agent. It's a fermenting agent. It helps us actually make beers and wine. So our friends down at Schillings here, who, you know, who tend... This church, they're, they're using yeast in, in their beers and stuff as well. Yeast is a very powerful ingredient, and it's very small. Very small. It seems very insignificant. And Jesus often uses the insignificant to tell these great big stories. We saw it in the mustard seed. You know, Jesus says the mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds kind of thing, and it grows into like the biggest of bushes, biggest of trees in the garden. Yeast is very small, but it's very, very powerful. <laughs> And Jesus says that we, when we are part of God's family, we are like this yeast. Very powerful thing. Yeast does a couple of different things. Um, a couple of different things we'll just mention here. Yeast, it actually brings flavor. Is that true? It brings flavor to breads, right? It actually brings flavor. The, the ingredients, the, the raw ingredients to dough without it are going to be pretty, pretty bland, you know? But, but yeast brings flavor to the dough, it gives it the zip, the tang, depending on how you, um, you do the proofing and the rising with yeast, it's gonna bring some different flavors, more intense flavors, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not trying, gonna try to get in the details of all this kind of thing, but you can kind of control the flavors a little bit by how you work with the yeast, but it brings flavors, it's a flavoring agent as well. And um, we talked about being the salt of the world back in the Sermon on the Mount and, and how we are to, to help flavor the, the world around us. And, and Jesus is saying the same thing here. You're a yeast. You're going to help flavor the world around us. What's really interesting is, again, Jesus is not saying, we've got to be really clear on this. Jesus is not saying that you as yeast are being separated. We are being folded in to the dough of this world. We are being folded into the dough of this world, and it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating this because I, I myself, I fall in the trap all the time. Oh, you know, Jesus, keep me. You know, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. You know, I just want to have your, you be in your kingdom and see your kingdom come. But Jesus is saying God is folding us into this world like yeast is folded into dough. It's to bring flavor. It's to help bring out the flavor of the kingdom. It's to, to fill the whole loaf with flavor. Jesus is saying we are to be the flavoring of the world all around us. Now, we know that he says that his kingdom is not of this world, but it is to be in the world, right? Jesus says that, right? It's not of this world, but it's to be in this world. Just like yeast is put into dough, it's to bring flavors, to do something different. It's, it's, it, to me, it means that when I'm walking down the street, I'm bringing the flavor of the kingdom. When I come into work and, and I come into these buildings here. So uh, uh, I, I bring flavor of the kingdom. When you, when you guys go to work, you bring the flavor of God's kingdom with you. When you're with your families, you bring 
a different kind of flavor than the world is experienced. Like I said, the, the other ingredients in the dough, they don't have the flavor, they, or they have a totally different flavor. And God says, oh, no, no, you're going to work this way. You're going to help flavor everything around you. So our, our work is going to look different. The way we, we go to work is going to look different. Our attitude about work may look different. Those folks who are having those water cool cooler conversations and complaining and nitpicking every little thing that their boss does, you know, maybe that means that we're going to flavor those conversations a lot differently. Our marriages should be flavored a lot differently. How we relate to one another as a spouse or, or parents and children should be uh, a lot different. How we raise our kids should be a lot different. You know, youth here, how you're walking through school, if you're part of God's kingdom, God's family, how you're walking through school is going to be a lot different than the world around you. Matthew 16, Jesus basically says, hey, you know, you're going to follow me. You're going to be part of this kingdom. You're going to die to yourself. Yeast is, is really dying to itself to create this other stuff, this other flavor. And Jesus says, you're going to die. You need to die to yourself. And tell you what, this is not a very popular message in the world today, is it? I want to be proud about who I am. I want to be, you know, get all that's mine. I, you know, I'm, I want to get, you know, what you have or whatever. I want to, to lift myself up. I want to climb the ladder or whatever. Jesus says, no, in my kingdom, the way it works best is when you die to yourself and allow the Holy Spirit, the kingdom work to happen through you. Actually, when I think about dying myself, as, especially as I get older and older, and maybe some of you can relate who are, you know, farther along in the journey than I am, but when I think about dying to myself, it cuts out a lot of the pain. It cuts out a lot of the work. It cuts out a lot of the struggle because I don't have to worry about all this other stuff that's going on around me because I think Jesus has everything under control. He's given me the giftings I need to walk in this world and the power to walk in this world, promoting his kingdom and all this other stuff, all this other distraction can fall away because it's really not mine to carry. It's really not mine to carry. It's not mine to, to hold. And when I, talk, when I think about dying to myself, it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? It really lightens the load. It really lightens the load. And that's the kind of flavor that we're bringing. We don't, you know, people are going to hear our message and say, oh, die to self, die to self. Oh, no, that, I'm trying to build myself up. That's what the world wants me to do is build myself up, promote myself and make myself more, more powerful, feel special, all this kind of stuff. Oh, golly, we see it on social media. I was just taking some peeks at some other social media apps that I hadn't looked at before. I'm like, oh, my goodness, the self-promotion out there is, is incredible. Is incredible. And Jesus is saying, die to yourself. It's going to look different. We're not of this world, but you are folded into this world, and you are to bring a kingdom flavor to all that you do. And a lot of it is going to be about dying to yourself, which means, oh, we can let some things go. We can let some things go go. And Jesus says, you're the yeast. You're being folded in. One of the things that yeast does is it flavors. Now, one of the, you know, the, the thing that we notice the most about yeast is the, the dividing and the multiplying properties of it. When it's blowing up that bread, what it's doing is it's, it's taking in the sugars and stuff. It's producing carbon dioxide in the bread, uh, making those, those wonderful air pockets and bubbles and things like that. And uh, it's, it's, it's causing the dough to grow and expand. And yeast is a change agent. It's changing the flavors, of course, like we talked about. But sitting on its own, it's really not good for anything, is it? I mean, really, it, 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 besides putting in dough to help it rise, to give it flavor and all that kind of stuff, is, is yeast on its own good for anything? Marsha, is it good for anything? It's not good for anything. 
it's, it's in a jar in a refrigerator, but you're waiting to actually use it because it does nothing on its side. You can't scoop it into like a bowl of cereal and, and have it do anything, right? No, you, you know, you don't, you don't, it's, it's got a purpose. It's got a, you know, it got, it has a, you have a plan for it. It's not good on its own. That's why I tease at the beginning, you know, when we talk about being part of the kingdom, we don't sit on the shelf out of the way. It's a change agent. It's meant to, to change. It's meant to do things. It's meant to, to rise and multiply and, and produce all this goodness inside the bread. And actually, you know, the Jesus, his audience, Jesus' audience, the first century Jewish people, they were waiting. They were waiting for God to restore their nation and show up and restore their nation. Jesus says, here I am. <laughs> here I am. And they all missed him. But they were waiting for God to show up and restore their nation. Now, but in their view, what was their view, though? No, it was going to be very insular. It's going to be very inward focused. Hey, God's going to come and rescue us. And he's going to set us aside again. And maybe we'll have closed and protected borders again. And we'll have his blessing again. They were not looking to be infused into the world to create change. And, and Jesus says, Jesus uses the, the idea of yeast in various passages. And he says in Matthew 16, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, they, they were feeding in a message that, um, that was against, actually against the scriptures that they had been given, against what it looks like to, to live in God's kingdom. He says, you got to be aware out there because actually, you know, there is a lot of different yeast out there trying to make things happen, trying to make change. And you got to be aware of that. And actually, the, the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you have to watch out for that because they're not looking at a total large picture of what it means to be in God's kingdom. They had forgotten the earth-shattering promises that God had given their father Abraham. Remember Father Abraham? You know, start out one guy, one little family. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great, I will, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Jesus comes in on the scene, and he continues to preach the, the blessings that God has given to Abraham, that Israel will be a blessing for the whole world. Be folded in and be a blessing, just like yeast is a blessing for the dough. Yeast is a gift. Yeast is a blessing for that dough. Jesus says, hey, you are to be a blessing for this world. And they had forgotten that. They thought the restoration of the kingdom was just for them, put on the shelf, out of sight, out of mind. No one else is going to bother us because God's going to restore us to the power that, that we have. And um, they, they had totally gone in on their view of kingdom. And Jesus says, no, that's... Okay, guys, reminder, reminder, that's not what the kingdom of God is about. I'm here to promote this worldwide, you know, world-changing, earth-shattering concept of kingdom of God. But they, they, they took their human nature and their human tendencies, and they looked inward, and they got self-protected, protective, and they, they viewed God as one who was just going to protect them and bless them. Jesus says, no, that's not what it looks like. This kingdom of God is going to bust through everything. This kingdom is going to bust through everything. In fact, Paul writes in Galatians 3, You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons and daughters. I added the daughters part. These are Abraham's sons and daughters. We are children of God. Those of us who have faith are part of this great big plan that God had given Abraham way back when to be a blessing to all the nations, all 
the world, and it's coming in the fulfillment. It's coming in the, 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 Jesus walking on earth. Yeast is a blessing to the dough. Yeast is a gift to the dough. It helps to the dough to, to rise and realize its full potential. Its full potential. Our full potential comes through Jesus and the work that he did through us. You know, following Jesus makes us fully human. I've said that before. Following Jesus makes us fully human. Why? Because we were meant to literally walk with God. Our ancestors, Adam and Eve, they walked with God in that garden. They had, they had relationship with God in that garden. They walked with him. They talked with him. They fellowshiped with him. They were at their, their fullest potential walking there in the garden. When they gave that up, when they traded it away for, for other things to, to do their own thing, that was broken. And Jesus says, oh, through me, this, this kingdom work that we're doing it actually means that you will be fully human, walking, talking, fellowshipping with your God again. And again, in full glory, when God comes to restore all things, it will be fully known. We'll be fully known. Fully known like that. But through Jesus, through Jesus, this is possible. This, this kingdom living is possible, and it's starting, it's going it's going. We have the opportunity to, to flavor and to help rise things in our world. Yeast is a gift to the dough. It's a mighty little ingredient that has the ability to change everything around us that it's infused into. And we have the same thing. The kingdom of God is the same way. Jesus says this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This change agent. It's put in the flower. It creates things. It helps it to grow, helps it develop, it helps it to realize its full potential. But there are a couple little things here. A couple little things need to happen to the yeast to allow it to do the things that it needs to do. All right? It's, it's got great potential. It brings flavor. It divides. It helps rise. It helps change the, the dough all around it. But there's a couple of things that need to happen. It can't be too cold or it won't activate. Too cold and the yeast won't activate. Too hot and the yeast is going to die off. Okay, it's like what I was reading is about 70 degrees. If it doesn't reach about 70 degrees, it won't activate. If it hits over 138 degrees in its environment, then it dies off. All yeast will die. And there's various people will say, well, no, this yeast dies at this level and this one dies at this level. Okay. In general, at 138, all yeast will die. I tried. I really tried. I really tried. You know, it's, it's my, when he says, when Jesus says, Ye are, you are the yeast, I want to know what that means. I want to know what that's like, you know? And so, yeah, so it's too cold. It's not going to activate. It's not going to do anything. It's, it's not going to produce the carbon dioxide and the alcohol and stuff like that that's going to infuse the bread. We can find ourselves spiritually content in a very cold state. And for many people, many people, I'm not saying, I'm not going to point fingers, first service, I'll say second service people. They can get very content in a cold state if we're not careful, right? Where we think, we think that, oh, I walk through the doors of this building, and I can sit, and I can, I can listen, and, and you know, hopefully hear a good message and entertained, and I can sing and be a part of that. And we can do some prayer and stuff like that. But if we're not careful, if we're content in a cold state, we won't be activated. We won't be good for anything, in fact, I think, and this 
no one told me this in the research, but I think that if we're, if, we're, if we're in the cold state and we keep ourselves in that cold state and saying, you know, I just want to be comfy, content on the shelf, whatever, we're actually going to just look like the flower. Okay, so if you put yeast into flour at a cold state where it's not activated, it's just going to start looking like the flour. You're not going to be able to tell the difference. And God says the flour, the dough, is the world. So what's that mean? If we are content to sit in our cold state, we're just going to look like the world. And we're not going to see the activation of who we are through the Spirit walking in God's kingdom. Now, yeast, I said, dies at about 138. It gets too hot, and yeast dies. And I will tell you what, the fires of hell are going to try to burn you out. They're going to try to burn me out. They're going to try to burn us out because the enemy, the devil, Satan, fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, they want to burn us out. They want to see God's plans destroyed, and they want this to be their kingdom. They want this to be their kingdom. And so we're going to feel the fire. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we put ourselves into the hot temptations. All right? Sometimes we, we put ourselves right into the hot temptation. Oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. You know, this thing comes wrong. You know, you know texting this certain person in this certain way that people say is inappropriate, but you know what? I, I can handle it. We're just joking around. Check in the social media stuff, which can get kind of inappropriate, or you know what, I, I can really bash these people because my side's right anyway, and I, it's okay if I'm bashing them because I'm just telling them where they're wrong and not following God, and we can, get in, we can find ourselves into the temptation, the, the hot temptation, the fire temptation that is going to actually destroy us. It's going to destroy us, and we won't be usable uh, for God's kingdom. You know, I... Another Christian leader fell this week. He didn't fall this week, but it was revealed that he fell this week. I'm so thankful it wasn't a pastor. I'm tired of seeing, I'm tired of seeing pastors fall by the wayside. But another Christian leader, another prominent leader, I'm not going to list names or anything like that, fell this week. He, and he put himself in, in a place that was too hot with temptation too hot with the fires of temptation, thinking, I can handle myself, I can do this, and created habits and patterns that were destructive and have now totally obliterated the work and the ministry that, that he was doing. Oh, too cold, and we're content, we're going to sit, yeah, I want to just be on the shelf and sit, and we won't be activated for God. Too hot, we step too hot to those temptation fires, and the tendency is for us to, is we're going to die, we're going to die. It's not a happy thought, but the, okay. I said there was a couple things I wanted to mention. Another thing is, bear with me here. Dough and yeast. What does it need to do? It, it rises. What, what do you usually do when it's when it's risen? What do you, Marcia, what do you do next? You punch it down. You punch it down. And, and some people say, no, you don't really punch it now. You just kind of press it. Okay, punched or pressed or whatever. You 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 punch it down. It, it has its rise. And it rises, doubles itself or whatever, and you punch it down to actually then to rise it again or to have the yeast be working. I'm kind of looking at Marsh. Am I, am I getting this right? Am I getting this right? Am I doing this right? Anyway, it has to be punched down. Without that, without being punched down, the alcohol tends to build up, which can actually poison the yeast, poison the, the dough. 
It's going to be too much. It's not going to be able to release what it needs to release because dough is elastic, and, and that's why they kind of put it in those nice smooth balls because they want it to stretch and not have a lot of places to release while it's doing its thing. We punch it down to release some of that stuff. I'm sure that the yeast and the dough, that's, that's a really fun experience for them. You know, hey, I'm punched down again, punched down again. And sometimes we walk through life feeling like we are punched down, right? Yeast and the dough has to be punched down in order to release the toxins that are there for some growth, but to get too much, it's going gonna, it's gonna to poison the whole loaf. It has to be punched down to release some of that stuff. And sometimes we go through trials, we go through things in our life, and it feels like we're just being punched down. And it's not a fun experience. Does anybody here love to be punched down? But with that, in the dough, that allows it to do what it needs to do to actually be flavorful and grow and be baked and become the bread that we need it to be. Sometimes these trials that we're going through, we, we need to feel like we're punched down to, so that we don't become so poisoned or toxic from within. Because you know what? We can do a couple different things when, when we're feeling punched down. We can go to God and say, God, you're here. I don't understand everything that's going on in my life. It doesn't feel really swell and great right now, but okay, God, you're here. You're doing your work. Or we can have the opposite. God, what the heck are you doing? What the heck is going on in my life? This is painful. This, is, this hurts, whatever. And, and one is, is using the punching to produce growth and character and allow us to keep on going and moving where God wants us to move and teach us things that God wants to teach us. The other thing, the other attitude is, is the poison that can stay inside and taint us from within and fill us from within. God's, the early followers of Jesus, they had a kingdom outlook on life, and that's why we see them when they're in prison, when they're beaten, when they're through all of these t- trials, what do they do? They praise God. Paul writes in his letters, hey, rejoice in everything. He's sitting in prison. Rejoice in everything. Oh, it was a kingdom outlook that allowed them to do that. We saw in the peacemakers thing that conflict causes growth. Conflict can cause growth. And sometimes we feel like we're being punched down when God may, say, may be saying, I'm going to use this because there's some character stuff that I want to develop. There's some stuff inside of you that I want to develop. And yeah, I need to release. You need to release some of that poison that's with inside. Give that up. That's why I say it's dying to self. Jesus says that's why it's dying to self, because we'd like to keep the poison inside. No, it's you and you, and you're out to get me, and you and you and you and you and you, and that's all poison within. And Jesus says, boom, the punching, the pressing a little bit, that's going to release some of that stuff. You die to yourself, you die, you let that go, and you can be filled more and more with me, and you're going to rise again. The yeast is going to rise and keep doing its thing and keep being fruitful within that dough. Kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Yeast that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. All of it was leavened. I said this before, yeast is a gift to the dough. Yeast is a gift to the dough. God in us, God inviting us into his family, God doing a work through us is a gift to the world around us. Do you think about that? Do you think that you are a gift to the world? You are a gift to the world all around you. You are a gift, you are a gift, you're 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 a gift. The person to the right is a gift, the person to the left is a gift. You are a gift to the world. You're a gift to the world. And we need to be evaluating what kind of gifts are we to, to our communities around us? What kind of gift are we? 
yeast leavens the whole loaf. How are we doing? How are we doing? How am I doing? How are you guys doing? Are we, are we, leavening, are we leavening the whole loaf around us? The whole loaf around us. This, this really excites me. I get, guys, this really, really excites me because there is so much potential here. As we look at this, this one little verse and, and, and look what God says about us being in the kingdom, how he describes us in his kingdom working, agents of change, agents of action, agents of change for the, this world that we are around me or that are around us. This, this really excites me. The, the, the potential is unlimited for the church. I'm not just talking about this the group here. The potential is unlimited for the church of Christ, God's church. Jesus has given us a a charge to influence every aspect of the world around us. This means where you are, where you walk tomorrow, the job you go to tomorrow, the hobbies that you're in, the, the relationships that you're in. God has given those the gift of you because you are a kingdom child. If you are in God's kingdom, you are a kingdom child. You are a gift in all those areas. I think God charges us. He, he says, you know, you're going to change all this stuff. You're going to change all this stuff around you, the potential to do that. We can, we can, we can oh, I'm just going to stay away from it, and I'm going to try to do my own thing and just, just wait and pray until, until Jesus comes back. I'm praying that Jesus comes back. But we can realize that God has put us here as a gift the arts, the sciences, digging ditches, whatever it may be, God has put us here as a gift. If, if God you know, wasn't going to use us in this way, you, know, you become a, a follower of Jesus and you know, you're just heaven bound. You just immediately, you're, God's going to take you. But he's chosen to leave us here as his change agent in the world. If you've got a passion for injustice, God says, ah, you're a gift. You can be a gift in that area. If you've got a passion for those who are marginalized, God loves them too. You can be a gift in that area. If you've got a, cha- a charge for, for something going on in your communities and say, oh, this is not right, God says, oh, but you can be the one who's the gift in that area. You can be the one who's gift in that area. And tell you what, you guys certainly in this area do more work than I'm able to do or anybody who stands up here at a pulpit is able to do. You guys are gifts in the community all around us. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. You have a, a way, you know, a better way of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ than anyone who stands up here can do just one time a week. Thank you for God. Take, take the opportunity to, to recognize and, and realize that gift. We are change agents for the Lord. Because it's not about more programs and stuff that we do here. It's about actually meeting people where they are, interacting with people where they are. And I think we got to get excited about this. we got to get excited about this. I was looking at some stats for our county. Grafton County, it's, it's bigger than just our little area here. We, we're kind of on the northern end of it. Grafton County has 89,000 people in it. This is a recent stat in the last year or so. 89,000 People in it. Coas County has like 33,000 people in it. All right? Combined, because we kind of bridge both of those, right? We're, we're kind of bridging both of those. Combined, that's 122,000 people who are all around us. Who are all around us. And you're like, that's a huge number. What does that even mean? That is so much potential. 
so much potential for, for God to do kingdom work because how many of those 122,000 people that are around us in these counties know and have a personal relationship with Jesus? I would say not very many. Not very many. You know, okay, 122,000 people, and there's 175 of us who gather here. Okay, now there's lots of little churches around the area. Okay, but if you say, hey, 100, 100, 200 people gathering, you know, all these little churches, that, that's just scratching the surface of God's kingdom. God has asked us to be a change agent right where we are to preach and proclaim the gospel, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I I tell you, I look at those numbers like there's so much potential there. What if we as a church said, you know what, we're just going to focus on bringing kingdom to 10% of our county, our counties. What if we said, okay, God's calling us because we know we can't do everything. We know we can't be involved in everything. But what if we said, you know what? God is calling us to change and be a part of change in just like 10% of our counties. That's like 12,000 people when we start looking at the numbers. And that can seem big in itself. But there's so much potential. I love this area. I love New England. I love the North Country because there is so much potential for kingdom change right here, right now. And, and I know we, we kind of get, fall in the trap of, well, we're a small town, we're a small community, and, and all these kind of things. And it's New England. It's very dark. It's, it's hard to reach the, you know, people for, for, the, for Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I'm hearing stories and stories about some, some churches who are killing it in their communities, in New England in particular. Thousands of people coming to Christ in the work that they are doing. They're, they're, they're right outside our neighborhoods. They're, they're, they're just a little farther south from us. But the potential for kingdom work in our areas, to, to be agents of change in our areas, is huge. And I'm excited about this. I think we as a body need to be really, really excited about this thing. God says, you're the yeast in the dough. Yeast makes it rise, it reproduces the flavors, it does all of these things to help the dough become what it needs to become. He says, you are the yeast in this world. You are the yeast in this world, and you have the the ability, working through the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, to do kingdom work in a very, very big and powerful way. That excites me. The church, not just our church, but the church, Christ's church, is the only organism in this world that can make change this way. Marcia's got her hand up. She's going to correct me on something. No, I'm okay. going to correct you. The, the thing after you get punched down, yeah. then you need the dough, and you slap it, and you throw it, and you need it, and that's where the small groups come in. That's where the fellowship comes in. When we rub shoulders with mm-hmm. each other, Put it right. Yeah. Yep. And I just have to share because my heart is pounding. I had I had forwarded something on Facebook and it was awful. And I got corrected by a brother in Christ. And I was like, oh, I need to cover this up. I need to cover no. I need to tell people, you need to watch what you're doing. Because mm. I needed to watch what I was doing. And I told him, I, I asked God to forgive me for doing it. I did it without even thinking. And that's when I got punched down and got rid of some more of those toxins. Yeah. 
And that's the only way those toxins are released when God is allowed to punch us down, to press us down and saying, you know what, this is not who you are. This is not totally who you are. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to press you and you're going to become something beautiful. You're going to release that stuff that's of the world and release it. And you're going to keep being filled with what I want to give to you, what I want to provide you. And yeah, when you're punched, that's, that's when you can change. Thank you, Marcia, for sharing that. I think, you know, as, as we're looking at this stuff, I think, you know, maybe we need to go into a time of confession in our hearts or anybody who wants to say something out loud to say, Lord, I'm not being used like yeast. Am I, I'm not flavoring this world. I'll tell you, I've, I've been in the same position, been in the same position to be, to be corrected and challenged. And when you, when you look at that and say, oh, God, but you're so gracious, you're so faithful, to keep us going, to keep us growing, to keep us developing how you want us to develop. But I think, I think you know, maybe, maybe we need to maybe go to our hearts and say, you know, Lord, where am I not being the change agent? Where am I not being used by you? Where am I not even in the dough? Where am I just sitting on the shelf and you, you're trying to scoop me out, but I keep jumping back in the container because <laughs> I don't want to go there. Maybe that's where we need to go because you know what? Again, God has made you a gift. Everyone in this room, everyone in this room, God has made as a gift for the world around you. That's our job. That's our job. To be that gift, the yeast that rises and produces the good things in the bread. And we all have that potential. We all have that ability. These guys are going to come in just a few minutes, and they're going to, we're going to take offering and do that, and we're going to do another song set. But you know what? I'll tell you what we're going to do right now is we're going to go quiet. We're going to go to our hearts and just you know, confess to the Lord where, where we've not allowed him to work, where we've not allowed him to work, where we've not allowed him to change us, where we've, where we've, we've pushed back on that punching a little bit and say, no, 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 I'm not going to be punched. I'm not going to be corrected. I'm not going to be challenged. I'm not, I'm not ready to grow. You know, we need to go, that, to go there and confess that to the Lord, you know, that, that we are ready. We are ready for this work. We are ready for this work. We are ready to be used as a gift from God for the world all around us. Just go, go quiet for a few minutes. Go quiet for a few minutes and just, just go to the Lord. And, and if you have things to work out with the Lord, do that now. Do that now. Lord, we want to be a people of joy. 
We want to be people of, of light in our communities. And Lord, we do come and we do ask, Lord, if there are anything, is there anything in our hearts that is preventing us from doing that, preventing us from seeing your work or, or fellowshipping in your work, Lord, we confess that to you. We lay that down at the cross. Lord, asking you to remove it from our lives. Remove that poison from our hearts that, that, that tends to build up when we don't come to you and we don't seek you first. Oh, Lord, we want to be used in a mighty way. And there is so much potential around us. Ah, the, the fields are ripe for the harvest. Lord, we pray that you would use us. Use us where you need us to go. Send us where you need us to go. Lord, may we realize that we are actually a gift to the world because we are spirit-filled people walking this earth in communion and touch with our living God. And other people need to be welcomed into this, invited into this. Lord, thinking it's, it's National Orphan Month. Well, you know what? There are orphans, thousands and thousands and thousands of orphans all around us. There, there are people who are walking without you. And they're being, they're waiting to be invited. They're waiting to be, their hearts to be touched and be drawn into your family. Oh, Lord, give us the heart, the eyes to see them out there. Show us where we need to help this world rise, where we need to affect change. We thank you, Lord, that you even allow us to do this work. It's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a joy. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we come. Amen. I'll tell you what, we are not to Thanksgiving, but you know what comes after Thanksgiving? Christmas. And we've been talking in the office about, we, you know, we want to make Christmas special. We want to make Christmas community this, this year for, for our communities, for us together. And as we're thinking about, okay, the gift that we can be in the world around us, you know what? It starts by just talking to our friends and our neighbors. I'm going to put out the challenge today. Christmas is coming like six weeks away. And some of us freak out at that and start panicking because we have lists to make and things like that. But one thing on the list is who will we invite? Who will we invite for that Christmas service, the Christmas Eve service to come and just, hey, come with us. Come sit with us. You know what? I'm not ready to preach. You may feel like, I'm not ready to preach in my community. I'm not ready to do that. I don't know what to say. Okay, just, just go. We all know people. We all know people. Invite them. This is the challenge over the next couple weeks. Invite them to come to fellowship and experience the love of Jesus as we gather together because we know what the season is. This is our big time. We know what the season is. This is one of them, right? Our Savior has come. Our Savior has come to earth to work and walk in a mighty way. You know what? If that's our challenge for today, to be, you to be a gift to a neighbor to say, just come with me. Come with me. Put on your calendar. Come with me. Maybe that's, maybe that's our first step. Maybe that's our first step. I want to invite the, the gentleman. Let's go ahead and take our offering, you know, and